welcome to this episode of Street Savoir Fait. Yeah. Um, which is a podcast about urban fantasy, in case you forgot. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about very famous topic. Very, very famous topic. Werewolves and vampires. Uh, oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So, in our previous episode, we got into a little bit of a heated discussion. Little, little bit of a heated very, very intimate discussion. <laughs> yeah, emphasis on the little. I'm not... Little. Yeah, it was, it was very tiny. I didn't get upset at all. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, so, we decided to do an episode where we just get it all out of our system. We got... Yeah, because, like, otherwise, like, if we don't, every other episode is going to be like, but werewolf dick. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, so... <laughs> or vampire dick, yeah. Cause, oh yes, that makes sense. Because that was a real thing. Oh god. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm referring to the fact that like after Twilight came out, there was like a line of vampire dildos oh, god. that came out that like were you they, could stick them in the freezer. Were they shaped like bats? No, they no. were shaped like penises. Okay, but... Wait, you said stick them in the freezer? Yeah, because, like, to simulate, like, I guess in the Twilight books, uh, I guess in the Twilight books, Edward was cold because he was a dead guy, so they're like, uh, simulate, use the, put it in the fridge or the freezer to, like, simulate wow. fucking Edward, okay. <laughs> which are, like, that's, this is also, the, I mean, if you think about it. In the freezer? Yeah, so. With ice and stuff on it? Yes. So, I mean, if you think about it, (laughs) I know, well, if you think about it, like, not even for too long, like, it doesn't take that long to realize that this is also how you would simulate, like, necrophilia, like, Uh, I mean, vampire fucking is basically some, some weird interactive form of necrophilia where the corpse can actually say whether or not it enjoys the... (laughs) Yeah, so... Anyway, we're just going to like. The corpse can give consent. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's good. I, I, that's better. That's, that's not, I'm not gonna say that's good. It's better. It's, it's still like, um, there's some fuckery in there somewhere. So anyway, so we're gonna talk a little bit about <clears throat> sort of the origins of vampires and werewolf stories, and like some tropes that are really common, and uh, some series that kind of like mess with the tropes a so little bit, yeah. yeah so origin stories vampires so everyone already knows about vlad the vlad impaler and dracula and blah yeah so so vlad the impaler his name was vlad dracula and um bram stoker wrote dracula kind of stealing a little bit about vlad the impaler so that's always talked about there are some vampire stories that predated Bram Stoker that weren't necessarily influenced by Dracula, though. True. Um, but yeah, so yeah. so like a lot of a lot of the tropes that come out of that a lot of the uh, tropes of vampires are sort of related to Bram Stoker's Dracula. But there is a delicious story prior to Dra- Bram Stoker's Dracula, and that is about. Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Oh yes, famous for her bathtub. Yes. So the um I think I feel like her name is kind of ironic. Right. There's rumor there was a bunch of rumors about her like 
murdering uh, people and like bathing in virgin blood in order to stay young, and she would bathe in the bathtub. Um, those are unsubstantiated rumors, and I think that whoever came up with those rumors were like, how do I say something negative about her? I know, she has the word bath in her name, so let's make bathtub. But how do I say something negative about a serial killer? Right, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. How, how do I how do I sensationalize like just to make sure people understand this person who killed hundreds and hundreds of women for reasons unknown was a bad person. Yeah, like just murdering people in itself isn't bad enough. Just, so it's not bad enough. So Countess had... Yeah, so Countess Elizabeth Bathory um was a countess who lived in she owned parts of Hungary and Transylvania. It's true, like, Transylvania's a real place. Yeah, well, it's part of Romania. Maybe? Like, I always wondered if Transylvania was, like, real, real, like, there was actually a place called Transylvania, or a bunch of people were like, this general area, we're just going to call it Transylvania because it scares us. No, there was, it was really called Transylvania. Okay. Like, it really existed at one point. <clears throat> she, um, she, like, for, she and a bunch of people, a bunch of her buddies, uh, not bunch of, it's like four. Let's crack, let's crack open a warm one with the boys. <laughs> crack open a warm one. Oh no. Yeah. Well, she, she and the boys that she cracked things open with um, would kind of torture and murder a bunch of ladies um, for a while. So, um, yes. She people. she has a Guinness World Record for being the most prolific female murderer. I mean, <laughs> when you've killed hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, but still, like, I feel like you shouldn't be giving out records for that. Like, okay, like I feel like a record is not necessarily saying you did a good. A record is like we're just keeping track of the. Like, the full extent of human stupidity and evilness or just random weirdness. Still, like, there are definitely people, like, that they're like, ah, oh, yeah, I, I want to get my name down there in a record book. So, I mean, Guinness World Records, I think, probably came out after she died. Definitely. Like, I, I feel like there is also probably a, a Guinness World Record for people who have stubbed their toes the most often. Right, so... But, there, but then there's also people who are like, I want to get a Guinness World Record. Which of these can I actually do? And they look up, okay, stubbing toes. And then they just go do it. They're just like, let's stub my toes as many times as possible. I want that record. And I'm going to do it. Okay. So, but yeah, anyway, she has a, she has a Guinness World Record for murder. Um, <laughs> it's just like that Wikipedia article about serial killers. It yes, says, I love the serial killer wikipedia article that at some point was like please do here's a list of all known serial killers please do not expand this list by killing people right so yeah um but anyway so she uh murdered a lot of people um so estimates say 650 at minimum wow um and this this estimate is based off of like one of her servants apparently like claimed that she found uh, Countess Bathory's like book about people she murdered, and oh, she and, kept like, a murder diary. Yeah, supposedly. So that's um, very serial killer like. Like that's the thing that serial killers actually do. Yeah, but well, not not specifically a diary 
format, but they like say Dear I'm diary. Today I killed a person. But no, they'll, they'll like take trophies and things like that. Right, right. I guess after you've killed six hundred and fifty people, it's hard to be like I've taken so much. Sh- I have so many shoes that I can't account for. Well, I mean, she was a countess. She was a countess. So I guess maybe she did have. Trophies. Maybe she just had six hundred and fifty pairs of shoes. Well, we don't know that that was the trophy that she took. Like it's, it's true. Maybe she she just took, stole their wallet. Right, right. I don't know. We, it's I didn't tr- read that far in. So, um, yeah. But so anyway, we don't know. Uh, I guess they didn't <clears throat> see the book. So like, oh, I found the book, but like she didn't present the book. So that's probably because it was covered in like murdered people germs. Yeah, but I mean, this was a long time ago. A very like, long time ago. Crime, crime analysis is not was not great in whatever time period this was this um, is the same era where axiomancy was a valid form of divination what's axiomancy again? axiomancy is we don't know who did this horrible thing so we'll just everyone stand in a circle we'll put an axe in the circle and wherever the axe falls and lands that's the person who's guilty oh <laughs> yeah i mean that's oh boy <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's one of those are two of the origin stories about vampires. Um, uh, there's a lot more origin stories about werewolves, which I think is really interesting because there's basically like an origin story for vampires like everywhere. In, yeah, in all of the continents except maybe Antarctica, because um, we don't know. I I haven't gone that depth into it, the like werewolf lore. But well, I mean Antarctica doesn't have people that's true i don't know maybe Maybe the penguins have like (laughs) stories of werewolves (laughs) right like i mean do wolves even live in antarctica well they don't even need like they don't need stories about werewolves because they have have wolves they have polar bears right like so they don't need uh, they don't need like werewolves they're just like bears they they would have were bears (laughs) the negative care bears foxes in antarctica sure are, are, are you Arctic fox? Oh, wait, no. That's yeah. the Arctic. That's the Arctic, but different. Okay. Antarctica seems like a more logical place for foxes to be because it's an actual continent rather than just a whole bunch of floating ice. I don't know. This is my my biology knowledge is like <laughs> failing me right now. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, unless there's were penguins. Um, were penguins. They turn into they turn into men and then are eaten by polar bears. <laughs> they turn into men wearing tuxedos. <laughs> They're posh, we're penguins. And then they freeze to death because <laughs> they don't have enough blubber. Um, yeah, so anyway. Um, so some of the some of the werewolf stories. Um, ancient Greece. Yes. There's quite a lot of it, of werewolf, or people turning into wolves in ancient Greece. Um, there's uh, the myth of Lycaon. Lycaon. Um, mm-hmm. So... Th- the myth of Lycaon, basically, there was this guy named Lycaon who was like, man, is Zeus really a god? I don't know, man. What if I just kill this kid and then present his flesh to Zeus and was like, yo, boy, can you prove you're a god? And, and, and Zeus was not happy about this. Yeah. Child murder. He's he's fine with, like, a lot of terrible things. Um, basically, the story is that, oh, you... He, he basically got turned into a wolf because of heresy. Whoa! I'm sorry. I just It just occurred to me, this story is a lot like one in the Bible. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to go murder my son. 
I forgot. Abraham, right? Abraham, yeah. So oh the difference is that in this one, God told Abraham, hey, kill your son for me. And Abraham was like, I guess so, fine. And then God was like, ha just kidding. Yeah. But d- don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> You've proven that you're very loyal to my godly word. Don't, d- don't do that again. Yeah. Just- Meanwhile, in Lycone's story, he was like, I don't know, is this really a god... Well, let's find let's out find by out. child murder. Let's find out by murdering this kid and then presenting it and saying, Hey, Zeus. Hey, Zeus. You really a god? And Zeus is like, fuck you. This, this child is not a human. I know. Wait, no, sorry. This child is not big enough, right? Because no, 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 they look, didn't like human sacrifice. They didn't like human sacrifice. Oh, so the, he was basically like, if I murder a child, he might think it's a wolf or something. No, no, no. He, he was just, like, wanted to offer Zeus, like, here, have some flesh to Zeus, because you're such a god and all, and Zeus was like, oh, my god, no, no, this is bad. I'm human intolerant. I'm human intolerant, and this Gives is, me this is heresy, and so Lycaon got turned into a wolf, because Zeus was like, gross. Yeah, so, um, and then you said there's a, there's a Celtic werewolf story as well. Yeah, um, so... Uh, in Celtic mythology, there's like a story about this werewolf who's really just a wolf, man, like a guy with a wolf head who's just like, man, these people don't have food for like the winter. I'm just gonna give them some food at so night. So kind of like a friendly dead mouse. But he'd give them fish and stuff like that. That was and you know actual food. But he has a wolf head. He's a wolf like, head. Kind of like dead mouse has a. Oh, okay. I was like, he, no, he's not leaving dead mice on there. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, yeah, there's also one about Pliny the Elder, who apparently went to a party, and like someone took off their clothes, and he was like, they took off their clothes and they turned into a wolf, man! Yes, that story is really weird. Like, he's just like, I just went out to get like a fucking drink, and I found these clothes with my buddy. And he just ran around in a circle and peed everywhere and then turned into a wolf. Normal. Normal. <laughs> normal Greek parties. Yeah. And there's there's another <clears throat> Greek myth connected to werewolves where it basically, like, if werewolves um, die in battle they c- and their bodies weren't destroyed, they could come back as, like, wolves or hyenas as revenants. Ooh. Um, which is a word that I often hear described with vampires yeah with vampires so um so basically like if we use this myth and like marvel universe has werewolves and dc universe has vampires this myth would be like by the way marvel and dc universe are the same because look they're the same thing werewolves and vampires are the same so it's like the galactus versus dark side debate exactly the same issue it's Literally exactly the same. There's <laughs> no difference whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Um, and there's one other one uh, that we saw. And this was just, like, stuff that we found, like, just bruising the surface of research. Like, there's... There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more. Um, but uh, in Armenian lore, there's this concept that, like, sinful women uh, who'd committed a lot of sins, um, had to spend seven years as a wolf as punishment, and while they were a wolf, they would do more sinful things. Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean, a lot of lore doesn't... A lot of lore about punishing women doesn't make any sense. 
True. Because they're like, this woman committed horrible sins. Let's put her in this thing where she just is compelled to do even more evil things. Yeah, and you're kind of like, wait, so the reward, I mean, the reward for sinning is here. Free reign to do more sinning. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like if, if I were in the situation where they were like, you've sinned by eating cupcakes... Here, eat. It just makes me wonder what the hell is it counts as a sinful woman in Armenian lore. Like, is yeah, it we because should, we should look that up. We should look that up. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah. Um. So now that we have some of the uh, some of the stuff. So werewolves and vampires are very commonly pitted against each other, not just in urban fantasy, but like in all sorts of gothic horror stuff. Yeah. Um. So we'll talk about some like, tropes. Like famous vampire movie with... Underworld? No, I wasn't thinking of that one. I was thinking of the one with Hugh Jackman. (laughs) He gets turned into a werewolf to kill a vampire at the end. Is this X-Men Origins? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's named... uh, It's... What is his name again? Wolverine (laughs) turns into a werewolf to like, and he fights against his brother. Yeah, I think X Men Origins is is (laughs) is definitely werewolves versus vampires. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. It's named after some famous vampire hunter. Oh, Van Helsing. Yes, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. Totally different. Um. But yeah, uh, the lady, the actress in Van Helsing, also plays. Un- it's also an underworld. Um, Very so. connected, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we were saying that it's very popular to pit ver- vampires and werewolves against each other for some reason. Yeah, and I think it's because, I think it's just because, they're used so much. But it is interesting that like werewolves and vampires like there's so many other things that you could constantly put against each other like it's like the whole superman versus batman right thing because they're the most famous of that thing so they're like well obviously we should just make them fight each other right i mean there's 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 so many other mythical creatures there's like mermaids and there's not really like mermaids versus werewolves like I wonder if there's, like, a mermaids versus sharks. I know, but sharks aren't really a mythical creature. It's like, true, but it would be funny to be, like, mermaids versus kay. sharks. new prompt idea. Mermaids versus werewolves. And mermaids versus sharks. And sharks are actually were-sharks. 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 <laughs> okay. And then if you can fit in, like, vampire penguins in there, do it. I feel like lemon sharks would just lose. <laughs> lemon sharks? They're the only mam- mammalian shark out there. They give birth and they're tiny. <laughs> I thought I thought leopard, either leopard or tiger sharks also do that. I always get leopard and tiger sharks. Anyway, totally off topic. Okay. Um, so some tropes with werewolves and vampires is that a lot of the stories where there's werewolves or vampires, they're all dudes. Like, I'm a werewolf. I am a man. I'm a vampire, I am a man. Yeah, it's because, like, there's this... They tend to encapsulate very different aspects of masculinity. Like, so werewolves are the 
I live in the woods, I shit in the woods, I build my log cabin kind of masculinity. Yes. While so, so they're the... the <laughs> well, vampires are the, I'm the rich affluent, I wear, I own like 70 Chanel purses that I just stick money in them, and I wear like super glam glasses, and I am a man who just has more money than you, and I, I'm kind of like the French aristocrat, aristocrat version of masculinity. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because like um, with other with other thing like with other types of um, mythical creatures, like they're typically presented as women. So like mermaids, for example, my go-to, generally presented as ladies. Um, fairies, fairies, also generally presented as ladies, and it's sort of interesting because of like the roles that they play like different sort of thoughts about it but which is well that one's understandable yeah i mean i mean i think it's it has to do with like yeah so werewolves and vampires generally have to do with concepts of masculinity that are often toxic um and yeah but i think it has to do with also society's understanding of like power and um the ability to control yourself in sexual situations or in any situation but yeah. like, like like um werewolves also their masculinity is like i am and the way they they're very they're rash they lose control easily they have temper tantrums while vampires are like xanatos gambit um <laughs> sure <laughs> i don't know what that means you remember Gargoyles, the cartoon show where there was this yes. villain named Xanatos and he yes. always seemed to have, like, a backup plan? Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought you were referring to, like, Marvel? No. And I was like, Gambit? I'm actually referring to Disney. Oh, good. Okay. I, I know who Xanatos is. I was just... Okay. Yes. Xanatos. That motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, so they're interesting tropes. Um, obviously other tropes are werewolves turn into wolves at the full moon, um, and vampires can't really hang out during the daytime because they turn into crispy little nuggets. <laughs> crispy blood nuggets. <laughs> crispy blood nuggets. Yeah. It's like blood pudding au flambe. <laughs> au flambe. Yum, yum. Um, so other things, uh, vampires... Or also, like, trope... The trope is that they're also, like, super white. And I think... I feel even, like, pasty. Like, super pasty. Like, their skin color gets drained because they have no more blood. Yeah, and when you're reading... A lot of times, when at least when I'm reading uh, books of vampires, they're always describing them as porcelain and, like, chiseled and, like, pure. And you're like, man, I feel like this person doesn't realize how racist this sounds. <laughs> like, I don't, like... <clears throat> I think the idea is, like, oh, they're dead, so there's no blood, and that makes them pasty, because your blood, you, like, your color of your skin comes from your blood, apparently, but, like, that's definitely not, it's that's not really... how science works. I mean, like, yes, people, when they're, when they're dead, they get paler, but... Yeah, it's really funny when they're like, oh, yeah, their, their skin was pale like marble, and I'm like, you haven't seen marble in, like, forever, have you? Yeah, cause... Marble's marbly. Yeah. It, oh, well, they're they're using. I think they're using um, the type of marble that uh, Michelangelo used, right? And that's 
But even that has, looks has like veins and stuff. Well, it's it's very like, I'm I, like they're, they're I very sh- tiny. Like da- the statue of David, David for example. Yeah, the statue of David was made out of flawed marble, because it was pale, right? Yeah, so like when they say, "Oh, it's marble," I'm like, and the, like the statue of David, I'm like, that was garbage mar- marble. It's true. It was garbage marble. Like they they actually like he um. <laughs> The way the reason why he's standing like the way that he's standing is because the weight of the marble was garbage, and so he had to like compensate for. So if he didn't do it, the mar- basically the statue would be like constantly toppling over. Yeah, but yeah, but it was garbage marble. It was garbage marble. So everyone's like, "Oh yes, it looked like white as marble." I mean, you mean fucking you mean garbage, garbage marble, marble. <laughs> garbage marble. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's like and 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 werewolves. I think less so, like, but a lot of times they're white, and kind of like how the vampires and werewolves are typically portrayed as male, the being typically portrayed as white, I think this is not necessarily, this is, this has to do with society I'm not so much sure it would be counted as a trope so much as just people have been writing this forever because they're racist and don't know how to imagine people as not white. Yeah, and to be clear, we're when we say racist, we don't mean necessarily like, ah, I hate people. It, it has to do with like a lot of the subconscious levels of racism where you just don't realize that you're perpetuating inequalities. So, yeah. Like so, people saying, I don't hate, I don't, it's not that I wouldn't date anyone of this race. My preference is just white people. It's like... Well, yeah. I mean, it has to do with, like, you know... Oh, it's pure as marble, as white marble, but not knowing that marble in its pure state is not supposed to be white. Definitely. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, not really looking into, oh, by the way, you're wrong. You're scientifically wrong. You're just perpetuating... These stereotypes Very because... Very harmful stereotypes these... about Marvel. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. So you're perpetuating... <laughs> the Marvel is marginalized. Like, the minority Marvel is... The, <laughs> the, the 1% Marvel. <laughs> you're, you're egregiously citing the 1% Marvel. Is the, I mean, that's, that's still a type of... It is actually racism. I mean, we're joking about it, but, like, that, that, is, that is a type of racism. It is. Um, uh, yeah, so, and and like that, you know, they don't tend to write about female characters. They don't tend to, they just don't think that, oh yeah, vampires could be ladies too. Unless they want to write in the exclusion. Like yeah. the, the when, I, when I say the exclusion, I mean they want to like, oh, and this character is the one female vampire. Yeah. They're special. Yeah. They're not like other vampires because yeah. they have lady parts. Yeah, and it, it's like uh, they so so a or lot of times they're not like other lady vampires. Yeah, yeah. So that's another annoying thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so sometimes they do have like female characters who are vampires, but they're they're marginal characters. Like they or they exist like they do in Van Helsing, where they're just kind of. They just exist to be like the sort of yeah. emotional curtains am, to the am, main vampire. Yeah, Blood. they're props. They're props. Yeah. So that that's another thing. And <clears> I, and um, like we're saying, these things about making vampires and werewolves mostly white males is um, it says something about our society. <clears throat> um, I feel like it also says something about 
white women writing these books who just really like white guys. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 probably true. Yeah. Or like like there's an entire book series. Like I think did I mention last time the SWAT werewolves? Oh, yeah. So so please go what what happens so, to the SWAT werewolves? I haven't read them, but I, like every single book cover I'm like there's this white guy who looks like this sort of you know, police like I guess what people think makes a hot police officer. Um, they're white with, like, the sort of clean-shaven but, like, bristle kind of look. The rugged white cop dude who's a SWAT wolf. Yeah, it's a book series about, I guess a romance novel series about an entire SWAT team made up of nothing but werewolves. They're all guys. Good times. And I bet, and they're all, like, white guys and they're all hyper aggressive and you know good stuff yeah i haven't read it i mean um i don't want to (laughs) yeah and and like these tropes um sort of play into um like you can't you can't just take these books and be like these exist in a vacuum this is fantasy has nothing to do with our current world um uh and that's that's actually one thing that i think is a reason why I like sci-fi so much. And I mean, one thing that I like about um, sci-fi more than fantasy is that like, I mean, I still love fantasy, but I think sci-fi more often is aspirational. Like there's more aspirational sci-fi than there is aspirational fantasy. Like, you know yeah, I mean? fantasy by its nature is very retroactive. Like the, the good old days when people had the plague, yeah, um, and and urban fantasy, there's there's more of a space for it being aspirational, but um, it doesn't. I don't think I've seen as much as I've seen sci-fi. So, <clears throat> like, there's more there's more aspirational stuff and like looking at things um, and trying to show a better society than what our current one does. And um, I just haven't seen that much that much of that kind of stuff in urban fantasy. And maybe I'm wrong, and maybe the listeners can supply aspirational urban fantasy in the comments yeah, or something. that would be nice. Um, but I just don't see it as much. Um, so, uh, like, they don't, a lot of, I, it seems to me like a lot of urban fantasies don't, they're, they want to tell a story, but not necessarily tell a story about how humankind can be better. Um, I just want to tell a story about, like, how it is now. Or, like... Or how fucked humanity is. Yeah, or how fucked humanity is. So, um... Like, there's a lot of urban fantasy stories that I've read about how fucked up he- people are. Yeah. And and there's not, like, we can be better. It's like, it's like oh, no, we're terrible, and we're just trying to get through it. Um, and there's... I mean, there's definitely room for that, but I think that, um... There's no Star Trek of urban fantasy. Right. There's no, there's no Star Trek of urban fantasy, um, that I <coughs> am aware of. Um, there's not a whole lot of stories which take the tropes and like try to show you that they're tropes. A lot of a lot of stories are like we just embrace this because I mean I can't speak for the authors exactly, but like a lot of the times when I'm reading it it's kind of like we take it because we like the idea of playing with this thing that's well established. Mm-hmm. Um instead of like this thing that's well established is messed up. We have to directly address this. That saying, 
we have... I mean, that kind of feels like the spirit of urban fantasy, to mess with things that already exist. Yeah, that's true. Um, that saying, we have provided a very short list of some series which mess with the tropes, at least a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, so not all of them are... So I guess the one I'll start with is one that like really messes with the tropes a lot. Everything's different. Yeah, so um, Octavia Butler's uh, book Fledgling uh, definitely messes with the tropes. So Octavia Butler is a very famous sci-fi author. She's like super famous. Um, she's kind of like when you take classes on understanding sci-fi, everyone's like, Octavia Butler, you have to read her. Um, and uh, her book Fledgling is about a little vampire who is a black girl. Um, so I think I think it probably fits a little bit more into science fiction because the way that they treat vampires is more like a science fiction thing than a fantasy thing. But you could, I mean, you could you could argue it counts as urban fantasy as well. Since we're talking about vampires, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, it's it's worth <clears throat> mentioning. You could you can consider it. Um, and what I really like about the story was that a they have black people in it. Like it's so rare, and and it's so like it's so sad that it's so rare because they're so there's. Tons of black people out there, and they need their stories told. Black people exist. Yes, it's, they exist, and their lives matter. That's that our lovely, It's like that thing I saw, like these screen caps from Psych. I think it was called. You know that it was a show where I guess there was one episode where there was a murder that took place on the set of a uh, Sherlock Holmes airing, and so they were like, "Why are there no black people on your set?" And they're like, well, we're adapting Sherlock's Holmes, and it's set in London. And the black guy's like, ah, yes, because black people haven't been invented yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, that that's another example of, like, institutionalized racism, where they just didn't realize that there were black people in London at that time. Um, yeah, there were totally black people in London at that yeah, time. Right. It just institutionally, like, those stories haven't been told, so people are just used to thinking those stories don't exist, so they don't go looking for them, and they just don't try to tell them. Anyway. Like, Asian Vikings existed. And totally. No they totally one existed. writes about Asian Vikings. So, new prompt, Asian Vikings, do it. Um, uh, research it, though, don't just do it without being culturally insensitive. <laughs> don't do that. Do a good job. I mean, I get... Never mind. I was, I was about to say, like, these prompts are so you could do a good job, but a lot of the prompts, you, you don't have to do a good job with, like, space mermaids or something <coughs> like that. Um, yeah, anyway. So what I really like about this, about Octavia Butler's fledgling, it's kind of like, everything you know about vampires is wrong because it's been told by the victor, and it directly feeds into the notion that, like, a lot of, a lot of what we've told is through a lens of institutionalized racism, and and sexism and it's like it's told that way because it's always been told that way and um it, there's a lot of erasure of stories that exist that are there we're just not being shown them because the people who are writing the stories don't realize that they're worth writing um or worth talking about and that's one thing that I really love about this about this book it's amazing everyone should read it like it should be Octavia Butler should really be like required reading for for everybody um i should pick it up you should 
um, some other stories um, that are that break tropes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rob Thurman, who's actually a woman, um, wrote a series called Cal Leandro series. Um, yeah, werewolves show up in like two books. Yeah, um, but the main thing that we're referring to is like one of the one of the characters who. So she's not a main character, but she is like there's two main characters and it's like the two brothers. But um, she she's a main enough character. She's not like a side character that people don't ever mention or don't ever run into. Is that she is a lady vampire, and she has a lot of the tropes that exist with male vampires. Like they're rich and they're always wearing fancy things. Except it's a woman, so she's like, hey, rich woman. I'm exist. the head honcho vampire. I'm the head honcho here. <clears throat> Yeah, so that's that's good. Um, I I always enjoyed the scenes when her character shows up because I'm like, yeah, why haven't I realized that this genre is missing female vampires? Oh, it's because I've just been reading the same stories over and over again and not mm. realizing that. Anyway, um, so that's a good one. Um, Alona Andrews, we mentioned her last week a few times. <laughs> yeah, like you know, I'm looking at this list of books that are that are supposedly breaking these tropes and most of the tropes they seem to be breaking are hey not everyone's a white person and oh look women can do this too yeah i mean it's a small list and 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 part of the reason why it's a small list is because like it's urban fantasy is a genre is not really as aspirational as yeah other genres. Uh, but we, we will you know we talked a lot about how werewolves worked in alone in the yeah the Alona Andrews books. We didn't talk about the vampires. Yeah. So the vampires um, are very different. Yeah, they're basically just so basically, monster bots. They're monster bots. They're they're monster drones. Yeah. They so, get controlled, psychically controlled by these long-living people who don't drink blood. Yeah. Um, they have blood magic powers, but uh, that's only later. But um, Yeah, so, so it breaks the trope because vampires are not aspirational like you don't want to be a vampire that vampires suck like they literally yeah yeah there's this whole thing about how some people will donate their bodies to the the vampire the people and to compensate their families financially because getting new vampires apparently has cost a fuck ton of money yeah and, and ma- maintaining them is a lot of money so people who are like terminally ill or don't have, or have some horrible debt or something, or like, okay, fine, I will donate my body to the people, and they will use my body's remains to become a vampire, and, and then they will have a new fancy tool that, that they can... they will pilot forever until the body's destroyed. It's not aspirational, it's not, it's not fun. Um, I think that the people to, are, kind of have some of the same tropes as vampires but like not not as much not really they have this rich kind of they have this fake rich aesthetic yeah and it's not it's not real rich they're not they're yeah so it's, it's they operate a casino <laughs> to make money so like it's it's not the same um Bo-ish. yeah so another series is the Carrie is Carrie Vaughn's uh Kitty Norville books yeah, so that one 
There are some, like, whole, oh, alpha versus beta wolf stuff in there. But the reason why it kind of tends to break the trope is because uh, the main character, she was in a very bad werewolf gang. And she's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to become my own werewolf. I'm going to have my own business. And I will not be part of a, of a werewolf tribe or werewolf pack, I guess. Because the werewolf packs have tend to have like very strong hierarchy with like the man. There's always an, the the leader is also always an alpha wolf who's always a male for some reason, and the males can like dominate the other wolves. And that's that's like a, a very common trope. Um, so and, and she's like fuck that. Um, I'm gonna be my own wolf, and so she's a wolf without a pack for at least a few books. Yeah. Um, and in a similar vein, uh, the Nocturne City books by Caitlin Kittredge uh, also have the main character as a female werewolf who was um, turned against her will and then like stuck in a pack. And she was like, I'm leaving this pack because I never wanted to be in this and this sucks. And she goes off on her own and she's a pack, basically a packless vampire or sorry, pack, packless werewolf, werewolf as well. And um, <coughs> she has... She has a relationship with uh, a, a werewolf who kind of embodies a lot of the tropes. Uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah, werewolf. a lot of the toxic masculinity. Um, so, spoiler alert, she breaks up with him. Uh, yeah. In a few, bo- a few books into the series, because she's like, this is toxic and terrible, and I never agreed to any of this, and I have agency turning a, into a werewolf didn't mean that i suddenly have to give up my culture for this weird ass like vampire culture or werewolf culture yeah like so i appreciate that because it's one of the few i think it's one of the few books where it acknowledges that werewolf culture is fucked up like and and it's and it's weird that that like oh i turn into a werewolf and all of a sudden you expect me to have a whole new culture and whole new understanding of myself no yeah and the whole mating thing yeah and and human i mean that humans don't work that way and yes they become werewolves but the only werewolves like two or three days of the month right yeah uh, uh they, so that doesn't mean that the rest of the month they have to like subscribe to this yeah, a lot of werewolf books, they have this whole, oh, there's another wolf inside me, kind of dual personality kind of thing. Yeah, which is... Which is... I don't know. It's kind of funny how we're like, oh yeah, these wolves breaking away from their packs is a trope breaker, because in the original werewolf stories, they were always lone wolves. Yeah, but I think I think that's, um... yeah, okay, that's a good point. You know, like, it's kind of, it's, it's, um, interesting, you know, how, like, tropes change over time and how media, and so doing something that is technically retroactive becomes progressive with the light of new media. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, so, another one that we think kind of, and then again, this is, like, kind of, uh, messes with the tropes, it's not really, um... So, uh, in Patricia, Patricia Briggs has a few different series, um, one of which the main character is a, um, is a 
Walker. So I think it's called Skinwalker. Skinwalker. Um, which uh, is not a werewolf. So, uh, oh, I think I think she's just technically a shifter because a skinwalker is something very different. Oh, okay. So she's yeah. she's she's a shifter. She's a shifter. A skinwalker is evil. Oh, yeah. Right. Skinwalkers are like uh, what what are they? You know, um, what's that thing? The thing that like eats people and then wears their skin. Oh yeah, yeah. She's not a skinwalker. She's just a shifter. Okay, she's coyote I shifter. got that mixed up. But so it's not mixed up. F, you know, um, Native American is <laughs> here. Uh, I would be yeah, bad. That's true. Um, so she, uh, she's a shifter, which is like comes from Native American lore. Uh, she can turn into a coyote, um, but she also interacts with werewolf packs. So, I mean, in that, in that, she. Um, so it doesn't really, I don't know, it's not, it's not that much of a trope breaker other than it actually pays attention to Native American culture. And the main character is not white, she's Native American. So. You know, now that we're talking about like tropes and like female-led things, I just realized something. So for a long time in um, the... Jim Butcher, Dresden Files series. Yeah. There are three vampire clans, and two of them were both led by women. Okay. That's... Are they, like, main characters, or... I, I haven't read the Jim well, Butcher Well, okay, series. so the Red Court... There's the Red Court, the White Court, and the Black Court. The Red no. Court vampire becomes important because of Dresden's relationship with Susan, who is not a vampire, but who gets changed into a vampire at some point, or changed, sort of. Then the White Court becomes important because the leader of the White Court is the half-sister or something of of his half-brother. Okay, so he's, like, related to vampires or something? He has a succubus for a brother. Incubus. But anyway. I mean, yes. He basically has an incubus vampire thing for a brother. Okay. That's cool. Um, that's interesting that you're using court because usually most of the time when I see in urban fantasy when they talk about courts, they're like fairy courts. Or yeah. Fae courts. And usually, and oftentimes like fae courts, like it's very typical to have queens. So it's interesting. It seems interesting as it, is it like mixing up werewolves and, I'm sorry, vampires and... and uh, fae? No, they have their own fae courts in there, too. Interesting. I okay. think everything in the Jim Butcher Butch is, books is this court for something. There's the wizard court. Okay. Because that Dresden was sentenced to nearly die for because he broke a very court cardinal wizard rule when he was, like, 16. Good times. You know, there's the vampire courts because they're like, we're democratic. We vote with our teeth. That's interesting. <laughs> so, that, so that is trope-breaking, too, because that doesn't sound like most of the books I've read with vampires. Yeah, and, and so, um, like, the red va- the red cores are more, like, typical vampires. The white cards are, court are, like, we're emotional vampires. We feed off of people's good feelings. And the black courts are basically, uh, are basically, like, ghouls. Oh, good. Great. Like, you know, they're basically yeah. Nosferatu. Yeah. Good stuff. Good they don't really stuff. have a leader. They're just, they just, they're just like, weird. <laughs> yeah, feeding. <laughs> yeah I, I don't remember them having a leader, because they don't really show up very often. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that's the one. And then um, Patricia Briggs has another series 
um, the main character is a werewolf who is a woman, but yeah, that's like the only thing that really breaks the trope. They still have the hierarchy and, but I mean, it's, it, they're good books. I love Patricia Briggs' books, even if they often have tropes. Um, yeah, it's not like you can just say, oh, this breaks a trope because, wow, there's a female character in there. Like, because then we'd have to include Bitten in the- Oh, no! <laughs> we don't know! And Bitten is not, does not break tropes. No. 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 Just no. If you think about picking up Bitten and reading it, don't. don't. <laughs> just don't. Don't do it. Your sanity is worth more than that. Um, is the book actually called Bitten? Because I know the TV yeah, series is called Yeah, I think it's Bitten. called Bitten. Yeah, I think... Okay. Yeah. I thought, yeah, no. Don't no. do it. Don't. It no. started... Like, the series started off interesting, and then, like, it went downhill so fast. And then fast. episode three was like, no. Yeah. Like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Episode three. That's how, that's how quickly it turned bad. Um, yeah. So, I guess closing thought... Uh, about tropes is that I think a lot of the the tropes that exist about vampires and werewolves feed into like upholding toxic masculinity and when you're aware of this it definitely makes books harder to read so yeah yeah I think there was there was like a there was a book I picked up recently where like the main male character is a vampire and um, the main character who's in love with them like has a talk with this person, and that person's explaining to her all the rules you can't break uh, if you're going to be dating a vampire. And it was so upsetting because she's just like, "You can't talk back to him. He has to be in charge." And I was like, "No, no, what run book, away." What, what book? This was, was um, this <laughs> this was uh, a discovery of witches. Um, a book that was very frustrating to read, and I'm sad that I read it. <laughs> yeah, I read a book also about like a vampire thing where a woman was turned into a vampire. I can't remember the name because I was like, I want to burn this from my memory. Because um, everyone was so unrelatable. Like, oh, they lived in a world where vampires were recognized as existing. Okay. Like... We all know that vampires exist. Yeah. Um, and she got turned into a vampire, and somehow her being turned into a vampire means gave her special powers that no other vampires had or, or something. Uh. And she had better control over vampire magic than other vampires, and like she has a crush on the guy who turned her, but she also hates this him. fan fiction. <laughs> and, and then at some point she's like, I can't date you. You don't know who the Chicago Bears are. Oh. Oh my. <laughs> it's like, what? I mean, I... Uh, mm, okay. Okay. Good times. I don't. I don't know. I haven't read this book, so I can't comment on it. Um, but yeah, now I'm. I'm reminded of a short story, where the two characters were vampires, and I think it was a short story by Charlene Harris, who wrote like, I don't know, that Suki story, Suki, Suki Stackhouse or something like that. Stackhouse. <laughs> Stackhouse. Uh, I haven't read the books, but um, don't want to. I didn't enjoy the short story. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so 
anyway, the short story goes, like, the, there's two vampire ladies, and I guess, like, there's a human in the story, and they're like, oh, that human is so ugly and has no style, and, and is intelligent. Let's be mean to her. Ha ha ha. And they succeed by, like, screwing over this smart, successful woman, and that's, like, that's, like, the point of the story. Ha ha. Screw you, successful woman. You know, and I don't know. It was a really weird story. Okay. It was, it was really... I was like, right, am so... I supposed to be... Am I supposed to be rooting for these two? Like, what? No, I hate this story. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yes, closing thoughts. Tropes are, exist, and vampires and werewolves will probably continue to be pitted against each other. Yeah. And, 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 and tropes, like, it's harder... It's actually... It's harder to write things that avoid the tropes than you might think because a lot of these tropes are like really embedded into our culture like just you don't realize that it's a trope until you've read like many 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 things and even then you might not recognize it's a trope because it's it's familiar like it's, it's familiar and also breaking away from the trope is hard because then you're like I'm writing this to break away from the trope yeah yeah and then what's the motivation? It's harder. It's harder than it sounds. So, um, <coughs> as someone who has no published books, um, like it sort of feels a little awkward to be criticizing these tropes of these amazing authors who have so many books that everyone loves. Um, and I, you know, and yes, they have tropes, but okay, like occasionally the tropes are there because it's. It's a familiar world that you like to delve into and you like to experiment with. And they're trying to tell a story by using these tropes that we already understand. Yeah. So, and, and some, sometimes the tropes, like, are useful for, like, establishing what's there. Sometimes the tropes are there because people want to see the story told over and over again. They, there's something comfortable about the tropes. It's like literature memes... Yeah, literature memes. So the tropes are memes. You um, easily understand a concept by having it presented to you. Like, there's, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, another reason is like, you some people the tropes sometimes exist because people want to read this. Like they want to see, they want to read about characters which turn into wolves under the full moon. Um, they want to read about these smart, successful people that read blood, drink blood, and. Um, so that so so, in one sense, like the tropes exist because people want to keep reading these. In another sense, the tropes exist because um, we just don't think that there could be another way to write these stories. Or the tropes exist because there's this very they encapsulate a very specific idea about history and humanity, and writing about them is also about writing about ourselves. Yeah. So it's not tropes aren't all bad, <coughs> but. Um, they're not all fantastic either. So, right. yeah. So, so prompt. I think we already said a few about werewolf penguins or were penguins. Were penguins. Like, where was the werewolf? The, um, the were sharks versus mermaids. mermaids. Werewolf versus mermaids. Throw in a Tron. Throw in some robots. Um, just as fun. But we have another werewolf special. Werewolf a Tron. <laughs> werewolf a Tron. Oh my gosh, it's a human car by day, and then it turns into werewolf Tron. Can you make like a werewolf vampire Megatron? Werewolf vampire. We're pire wolf Tron. 
With our powers combined, we are Wolftron! Wolftron! <laughs> Only under the light of the full moon. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. Anyway, we have, a, we have another prompt. Other than Wolftron and were sharks, um, a werewolf bakery. So have a little comfortable werewolf bakery prompt. And uh, feel free to write in the comments or check us out on Facebook. We're signing out now. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to that episode, whether it was on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. If you want to find out more about any things that we talked about, you can find links in the description. And as always, if you're interested in connecting with us, we are on Facebook at Street Savoie. That's S-T-R-E-E-T-S-A-V-O-I-R-F-A-E.